10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3. Good luck, studio. Hello, hello, hello. Bring the mic over. He's ready to record. Hello. It's the quiet ones you've got to watch, you know. Is it metaphorical? Is it is it deep? Is it deep? <laughs> Boy, he said all that shy is right. Miming, Governor. It's the Shy Life Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Shy Life Podcast with me, Paul the Shy Yeti. How are you doing? I'm alright. So, uh, what's this episode going to be about? Well, we've not done this sort of episode for a while, but uh, this is probably our fourth or fifth sort of go at doing an episode on this theme. What theme, you may ask? Well, uh, you know how we've done random word episodes where we uh, uh, pick a word or, or, or give it a series of words, and it's usually an episode with Nick and I, and, well, that's what we're doing again. Nick's here. Hi, Nick. Yeah, yeah so uh, we thought we'd do another random word episode and uh, see what stories are generated Um and uh, so let's run the theme music. When we come back, we'll um, be going all random on you. Nothing new. <laughs> okay, run that theme music. Darling, it's the Shy Life Podcast. <laughs> yes, well, it's a positive thing for the High Life, the Shy Life. You won't find a cast of characters like this everywhere. Hello, Paul. Uh, I'll go anywhere for a potato. Delicious. Hello, Captain. How are you? You quite like a big bang, don't you, Paul? <laughs> Go Shy Yeti. Oh, my, have you ever found out my secret? Yeti has. If you thought that was bad, just listen to this. Yeah, I, I'm strangely drawn to Yeti Uncle John's ankles as well. <laughs> but has the Shy Life podcast, no doubt? I don't think so. It's all gooey and meaty. Yum, 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 yum. Has anyone seen my hot sausage? <laughs> Wait, it's the Shy Life Podcast. <laughs> I'd like that, yeah. <laughs> Marvellous. Marvellous, Paul. Hi there. Okay, right. So, Nick, um, yes. we, we should... We might as well just jump... Let's jump, jump right out, in Yeah, and yeah. get on with it. Um, so, uh, I think we'll probably start with, uh, say, three three different words, and you can pick one of them. Uh, so I'm going to do that. Right. Um, we've got mirror, authorize, or drive. I mean, drive can be motivation as much as driving in a car or being driven somewhere. Um, so would you like to start or shall yes. I? Um, I'm going to go, it's, it's one of one of the three. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you do have more than one. Um, I'm going to go for drive. Yeah. Um, now, it's well known that I don't drive. Um, I, that's a very much... I hate the, this phrase, but it's a life choice. Um, one I get very... Um, 
ribbed about by Ali, who very much misses driving. Um, I, I don't mind being... I get very very nervous sometimes about, you know, sort of big motorways. Um, but I, I do remember the... Um, when my sister was young, even before I was born, there was this um, toy motor um, uh, the wheel with a with a with a, a steering uh, uh, rod, and um, it was, I remember seeing the package and it said, "Oh yeah, you'll, you'll drive drive like Daddy." And I've always maintained that I have driven like Daddy, i.e. not at all, because <laughs> uh, my dad never learned to drive. My granddad gave up to my lesson. We're not, a pro- we're not. A, I'm not a family of prolific drivers, and I've never. I used to very. It's very expensive. I'm not particularly interested. It's far too technical and, and d- dangerous. <laughs> I mean, I'm, the, the electric car. Maybe it will, will, once you get petrol, uh, get petrol out of cars, I think uh, might not be as exciting. But I, I, I'll be a lot happier, I think, with electric cars, and they'll do better for the planet. But the other thing, um, the drives that are in my life um, are portable hard drives. Now, this is oh, a, yeah. a bit of a play on words here, but um, I, for, for me, portable hard drives are the miracle of the the, the age. They're one of my favourite technical things. Um, if I had discovered them about eight years earlier than I did, um, I would have been able to get cracking on the film, editing the films a lot better because it's memory, 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 memory that uh, is needed. Um, and I, I should, like yourself, I have several portable hard drives and um, which we have backup and goodness knows what, but it really is a godsend. You know, I've got most of my video, all my videos ever, on portable hard drives and also um, as we've discovered um, we now know that the entire series of Sutton Park can go mm. not, not only can the entire series of Sutton Park go on a hard drive you can get more stuff on there and, and some, you know because of your other stuff and stuff we've shared as well mm. you know stuff we've worked together on um, can also go on there so and they're getting smaller I mean when I my first one was about the size of a brick mm. Um, maybe not as thick as a brick, but mm. and you had to plug it into the mains. Whereas now, it's just a USB, and away you go. And uh, two terabytes, uh, you know, could do do loads. So um, drive, yeah, portable hard drive is my drive. That's how I drive, and that's how I will continue to drive. I think. So um, yeah, rather yeah. than on the roads. <laughs> I think I probably could have learned to drive when I was seventeen, but. Um, it was also around the time that uh, I, I chose to have a video camera instead. And uh, I think it's for years, none of my main friends, you didn't drive, Harry didn't drive, um, later on Callum didn't drive. So I had friends who we, we, just, we could just get about on public transport. Oh. Or, or maybe someone like Trophy would come along in his car and take us somewhere. Or... Yeah. Um, I mean, my friend Paul from school, he yeah. he drives now, but he didn't drive for a long time. And... Absolutely. When we did the films, I was, I was you know, I did, I'm, I'm not dishing drivers, but um, I was, you know, there was people like Troby and various members of the cast that would drive us to locations. I think um, particularly American listeners, I was surprised that so many people don't necessarily drive mm. or feel a need to drive um, no. in the UK. But, I, I mean, there have been times when more recent 
the well, I wish I had. I did consider it around the, around the age of 40, although it's probably a little bit before then because I, I had ill health around that age as well, so that would have put me off. But uh, I know when I suggested sort of learning at, in my very late 30s, Harry was very um, concerned about that. And I know why, because he, he's, very, he's quite competitive with me, but it's a very one-sided competition. <laughs> it doesn't bother me... I don't look at things that he does and think, oh, I, I must do that. But there have been occasions where he definitely has, like, uh, you know, he was very keen to start looking for buying property soon after I, I, I bought my flat, but then I'd been left some money in a will, so I had a I had a deposit, so it was the obvious thing to do. Um, when, when I said about learning to drive, he was very anti that because I think he, he would have felt that he would have had to have learned to drive as well. I think also, um, you know, with the the lessons and everything, it's so dreadfully expensive, mm. and they're, they're expensive to maintain as well. I mean, um, I, I've seen firsthand, you know, how you can become a, a cropper with with all the costs and things. I mean, I, I certainly couldn't afford it now because, um, you know, I'm helping out with that, Liam, the, the the rising costs of fuel as well. And I do remember slightly late later than my when I, when I was in my mid forties. Um, my partner at the time moved over to the UK and they were able to, to drive and I kind of hoped that they would continue to drive in the UK because it would have made our life a lot more easy but uh, I was told quite adamantly there was no way they, they were going to be continuing to drive because they hated driving but uh, it was a shame because yeah. it was something they could have brought to the relationship you know, different to things that I could bring to the relationship and yeah. I think it would have... Uh, um, yeah, but there wasn't really ever any um, yeah. discussion just, about about it. It just wasn't going to happen. So. My girlfriend before Ali, um, who, we're going back about twenty five years now, but um, she was the daughter of a driving instructor, okay. and I, you know, if, uh, at, the, at that point, which was my late twenties, um, I thought, oh, that one, that's it. Then I, I'm going to have to learn to drive, I suppose. Um, they were hard to go, you know. I was, uh, I was pretty hard up then. So, um, but of course, it, that only lasted about four months. So, um, so we, well, you know, I, I, one bound I was free. But uh, I know Ali was, has, even now she needles me a bit about um, not driving. But I, I make no apologies, and especially, especially in this day and age where your carbon footprint is um, is a bit. Mm-hmm. tricky in that respect so um, you know it's it's a choice yeah it's a life choice and um, I, I stick I stick by it still I mean I actually want to choose the word mirror out of those three but um, it's okay to chip in if if the other person chooses the word which you don't want to choose but Absolutely. which you have an anecdote for. yeah uh, my, my mirror anecdote is um, very specific um, it relates to um, funnily enough, we're, we've been digitising some tapes that we, uh, we well, my mum found uh, in their house from the very early days of of me making my videos, from, like late ninety one into early ninety two, before Sutton Park, and uh, I remember one of the things I made with, with my brother was. I guess it was the sequel to something called Dizzy that I'd done with our friends David and Vicky up in 
Tamworth up, up north. Um, when I came back and I had my own camera, I decided to make the next one. And uh, basically involved my brother in a mask and with these tentacles and, uh, and special effects that were mainly special effects with me usually meant bubble bath mm. and um, talcum powder mm. or, and various, any gloop that you could find in, in the bathroom. <laughs> and uh, I always remember there was a uh, there was a scene that I recorded in a, in a mirror in my parents' bedroom where I was supposed to look up at the camera with all the gloop on my face. Uh, like, I don't know if it was supposed to be towards the end of of, of, what, of the the disease or, or, um, or I think or, I know the one you mean yeah and, and I, I kept but I kept corpsing yeah. it's funny how I always think I always think of that because I can still remember the piece of music that I dubbed over the outtakes of me bursting to laughter in front of the mirror with all the gloop running down my face and everything <laughs> and um, I, uh, it was um, left to my own devices the, um, the Pet Shop yeah. Pet Shop Boys top ten hit with one of my favourite Pet Shop Boys songs yeah. And uh, and I I was I think it was at the end. I I think also it might have been at the end because when I edited it into a Beaches episode, I wouldn't I wouldn't have necessarily finished the episode if there was still some tape left at the end of the tape I was editing onto. I would have just kept on going until that tape ran out. And I can I think I can almost remember the out the outtakes with the Pet Shop Boys song over the top. um, I remember running to the point where what have I done to deserve this being. Dubbed onto the the chase uh, like a chase when your brother had the tentacles. Yeah, probably both of those yeah. tracks back to back. Uh, um, of all of them, the things to associate with mirrors. Uh-huh. Um, we we also did later on in Sutton Park. We we did a spoof on the film Candyman. Yeah, we had people saying like Sutton Park four times or three times, however yeah. many it was, in, into a mirror, and then some. Horrible face loomed out, uh, <laughs> but uh, so. that's the way to talk about Danny. Mirrors, uh, mirrors, are, mirrors are always um, good for. I always remember um, mirror-wise. Um, I think my association would be with filming too, because um, they were always a useful device when you were trying to get round a shot, uh, and also when we did one more bow, which is my sort of comedy ghost story. Um, I needed to do a shot where um, Louise, who was playing with one of the uh, girls, had to put a put a hand through something, and um, they, you know we had to go through. Mm. I think we, we didn't use. I think it was a big pane of glass. It didn't. The shot didn't work. I never used it in the end. But uh, and also there was a shot where um, one of the characters, one of the live characters, was talking into a mirror, and uh, we had to make sure that he's doing a quote or something and the ghost answers back so we didn't we needed to make sure the ghost wasn't in shot <laughs> um and um also the my very last film well the last my film i produced and, and directed uh different color graveyard um was shot in our friend's bedroom and uh yeah she was getting more, and more her character was getting more and more psychotic and cutting up clothes and it was a very tight area to film in and their wardrobe had uh, had um, mirrors, so I, I, I was absolutely that those mirrors were absolutely invaluable because they could, you could get all the shot you wanted because um, you you were you were using the mirrors rather than mm-hmm. what was in, immediately in front of you. So um, I, yes, I'm, I'm all in favour of mirrors, especially obviously they can be a bit of a, a bind. I think um, 
when we did Retaliators with that David Aldridge, um, I could I could make the first week, not the second week, and and um, um, Elaine had the the opposite problem, and so I couldn't do any of my scenes with her. And there's one scene I think when we're in the front room, I'm stood up in view of the mirror, and there's a shot of Elaine um, with the mirror in the background, and I'm I'm not there. Mm. So I'm, I, there is a shot in that where I'm a vampire because mm. um, I, I, yeah, I, my reflection can't be seen. Um, so yeah, I mean, mirrors can trip you up, but they're, they're useful to increase the depth of a, a shot. Because I, I was, uh, I was there for both of those weeks, so I think I, I was probably used as a sort of at times I appeared with both of you to make it look like it was. You know, they, uh, they were just off shot, sort of thing. Yeah. Which is funny. Um, the last episode of Neighbours that's just recently been screened, um, Kylie and Jason were only on set for one afternoon, mm. and and didn't appear with the main cast. That they never actually met the the character played by Guy Pearce, although they made it look like that they had, because mm. Stefan Dennis and Ian Smith, who plays. Harold and Annie Jones who plays um, Jane were there both days so they kind of made it Did, look as well, well, do Kylie and Jason still married in the story? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I'm glad that worked out. Yeah. Uh, Stuff from Charlene, wasn't it? Yeah. I, I remember... Yeah. Anyway, uh, sorry, I'm going off point. <laughs> anyway, we should probably choose some more yes. random words. Right. I'll go for three again. I can give you three, and you can say stay, stay or throw back. We, 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 we probably shouldn't do this every time, but uh, I've got three words. I don't really think that they're that great. Um, trusty, physics, or culture. Keep, um, keep or throw. Um, I'm, funny enough, I'm going to keep physics. Um, okay, well, we'll keep... Well, if you're if we're keeping, we're keeping. So, um, you do physics. Physics. I think. I mean, I, I'm I'm not going to be talking for hours on this, but mm-hmm. um, I remember we did obviously when the at school we in the first. I don't know what you call it now, year, but um, in the first and second year at um, senior school, at secondary school, should I say? Um, it, we just did science. It was just mm. called science, and then in the third year they chopped science up, so and you yeah. did, chopped it up into four, I think. So you had chemistry, biology, physics, and applied science. Quite what applied science means, I haven't the faintest idea. But that's Mr. Trowbridge. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, Mr. Trowbridge. If you could let us know what, that, what that's all about. Um, but of those, um, I found the most interesting to be physics because you had, you know, the sort of I just, you know, it, it, was, it just seemed to be. It was more complicated, but it was, it was, it was very interesting, um, and some of the practical stuff was good. And um, I actually um, <coughs> did ask if I could do physics, and um, I was turned down um, because my maths wasn't good enough. Now I've had various people over the years say, "What's that got to do with it?" And, um, and probably quite rightly so. The other thing I'm, um, although not pra- from from a practical point of view, the other thing I could have brought to the table had I been allowed to do physics, is um, I could have actually been a good ally for the teacher who was a rather neurotic young man 
with a beard who was constantly picked on by the pupils um, known universally as Beard not the most original nickname you could ever imagine <laughs> but he was known for several well, probably a couple of generations of um, pupils as, as Beard and um, he was rather a sensitive young fellow and uh, very easily wound up so I I, mean, I, I, I don't think I I was a bit of a swat in, well not a swat but I, I was a goody goody in that re- in respect because I, I never really wound up the teachers even the ones that deserved it um, so I, I could have actually made his physics classes a little more bearable for him. Yeah, I think I agree. Um, I don't think I don't think um, I would ever have goaded those teachers. I was more concerned that the class would get a detention, then we'd have to stay back after to school, and then because I had to get a bus home, and then I'd be late home for tea, or I'd miss neighbours. Yeah, um, it, it wasn't worth mucking around, and also. Yeah. Also, I can't say I particularly like cared for many of you know I, yeah. the, the ones who would be mean to a teacher. Yeah, um, I wasn't going to get cast attention for them. Or something, so. And I like uh, Mr. Lee. He was called. I liked him. I felt sorry for him. I I, I thought. Um, I mean, he wasn't the most scintillating teacher you can ever imagine. But, but and that's why they walked over him. But um, I actually thought he was okay. Um, and. Maybe, yeah, maybe there were certain concepts I wouldn't have been able to grasp, but I would have liked to have had a go. I didn't. Uh, in the end, I, I was stuck with applied science. I, do, I didn't want to do chemistry because it was incredibly messy, or biology because the teacher was a complete twat. Um, but, uh, I, yeah, I mean, the, it was... Yeah, I would have liked to have had a crack at it. It, was, it was stuff I was interested in. Our, our former tutor in the sixth year... Um, <laughs> He was much better at nat- chatting yeah. than he was at. Uh, he, he was okay as an English teacher. Yeah. As a history teacher, he just chatted and then mm. he expected you to catch up after class. Mm. And I was looking back to see which teacher, if there were any teachers I recognised the name of, like five or so years ago. And I was shocked of all the teachers from my time that were still there. That that one, he, he, he was a fun enough teacher to have mm. as a distraction but mm. did no good as far as when I was doing my you know I, ne- I needed a, te- a good teacher to help me with history because we had we had two history teachers for different parts of our A-level yeah and uh, it meant that one side one half of my A-level was quite strong and the other half was not strong because I was having to try and do it myself mm. and you know what's the point of going to school if you're just going to de- learn it all from a book with no yes, exactly. tutorial yeah. um, so I was really shocked that he'd lasted in teaching because I mm. thought if he was going to be there's quite a, a few we were, we, yeah. we were amazed they lasted in teaching um, um, two other memories actually of, of that is um, I remember the first um, lesson we had in physics in the th- what would have been the third year um, and we, we sort of all packed up and after the first lesson I remember Gary Price who's now clerk of works at the cathedral <laughs> get turning to the, his comrades and saying physics is rubbish <laughs> quite quite what the rationale behind that was I don't know but physics is one of those things I could, go, I could cheerfully go back and study now but there would be absolutely no point whatsoever because my, my <coughs> professional um, career is 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 hardwired into admin now but I, I technologically I'm a lot more 
savvy. You know, I'm a lot more with it when things get changed, and I'm I'm a lot more evangelical about getting new technology, getting consultants to use new technology. I, was, I wasn't good enough at science to even at GCSE to even do um, yeah, for physics, chemistry, biology. Yeah, we didn't we didn't seem to have applied science. Um, not Appl- as a separate yeah. thing. Applied seems to have been a, appears to have been a mishmash of all of them. Well, uh, for, for the so for the for the dumb kids. When it came to my GCSEs, <laughs> yeah. I just did a general science. It might even have been, I, I think, um, I think it was the same with maths. Yeah, I, I I was the teacher said, would it be okay if I went? I was in the bottom set for maths so because I. they knew that I would work. I was probably good enough to be in the however many sets, say there was three, I was probably good enough to be in the middle set, but there were people in the bottom set who would just muck about. Oh, yeah. And then they would, they would, whereas if they were in the middle set, they'd have to work and it would push them to do better. Funny. Whereas they thought I would yeah. just get on with it wherever cast I was. Funny you should say that. Exactly the same thing happened to me. I was, in, by the fifth year, I was put down for... The bottom set for maths, but like yourself, I was—I uh, knew because I—I'd I'd d- d- um, been there. It would be full of people, as you said, just mucking ab- uh, the re- the remedials, just mucking about, and um, not really wanting to learn. There was a te- there was a particularly naff teacher that used to teach me French, who would who would be doing that, and I thought, no, I'm not going to learn anything from this. <laughs> and funny enough, I actually put my foot down and said. Can't I stay with Mr. Owens, uh, which is second bottom, second from bottom, um, because I really don't think this is for me. And I'm, I'm looking back, I'm amazed I have the the balls to do that because you know I'm, it's not in my nature to kick up a fuss. There were one or two people. Perhaps there were, perhaps there were some that they they moved to a higher set mm. to keep an eye on them. But there perhaps there were one or two who were just hopeless wherever they were, mm-hmm. because there were a few, a couple of people who just didn't. But the, the the math teacher was was quite good was quite good really, and I think she just kind of the ones of us who wanted to work sat near the front, and she kind of just it was like she was teaching us and yeah and and, and just if the others if the other one or two wanted to muck about, but then perhaps that stopped them a bit because when they realised the whole class was messing about. Um, this is the problem. Eventually, I was always stuck with the messing arounders, and um, I didn't want to mess around. I wanted mm-hmm. to get on with it. Uh, I mean, two, two, I was actually turned down for two subjects in, in school. One of them was physics, of course, and the other was RE. Um, I, I would have gladly thrown one of the other subjects under the, under the wheels to have done RE, but I'm the only person that wanted to do it. Um, and also the teacher Mr Martin was one I admired very much he was creative he'd written um, musicals for the school and he had the sort of quirky personality of a like almost like you had almost had a uh, a 70s TV presenter type personality Um, so there was a point where I hadn't started to question um, being brought up with the church Um, but um, I don't think Given the choice to stay in bed or go to church, I would always rather have gone stayed in bed um, because I was at a school where Sunday mornings were my only lie-in, because, which is eventually why I stopped being made to go to church. But I still did, I still did quite well in my exams for GCSEs at religious studies, 
and I quite liked it because half of it I was good at English literature but I didn't really enjoy it mm. didn't enjoy the text but at least I knew that studying half of the half of religious studies was it, you're studying a book of the Bible so you st- so it could be a book of the Bible could be a Dickens mm. it, you're still you're still asked, being asked questions yes. or being asked to write about the theme of something in this uh, and the other half of it at GCSE, which was quite interesting, was issues like abortion or yes. um, uh, euth- uh, euthanasia, yeah. which was it show, it shows how you were kind of presumed that you would know. Because I remember the 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 because our, our our RE teacher was the vicar or the reverend of the school. Um, he he was a practicing um, preacher, and yeah. and I remember him talking about euthanasia, and, and we all thought, well certainly more than just me thought that he'd said youth euthanasia yeah, that... um, it, it was surprising in a way to to expect 15 or 16 year olds to, to know what euthanasia meant absolutely because... I, I didn't know what I still didn't know what euthanasia meant when I was 19 I I, um, I was at Smike with Danny and, and, the, and the gang at that point that's where I met Danny and um, his, you know, he was a bishops, and also bishops was the the lead brains of Smike Neil Smith, and he led the subject for the, you know, it was, it was a young it's church discussion group, and um, he led one of the subjects, and sure enough, it was euthanasia, and I was very much kind of I will keep my mouth shut and my ears open because I I don't know what it was, and um, it was then that. Um, that you know, it, that I learned what it was, but I was ni- but, I'm 19, 20 at the time. But I did quite well in GCSE religious studies because I could do the questions on stud on the particular um, biblical text that we'd been studying for the exams. Okay, and I also could enjoyed writing about the issues. Mm. I think I was a lot more uninformed, or a lot more sort of. I wouldn't have the same views about, say, abortion as I did when I was. 15 mm-hmm. i think i probably felt sorry for all of the poor babies being killed sort of thing um without really thinking about the, the mother the woman's yeah. part of it and, and i don't think i i would i think so, but you know that's it's the an thing incredibly when thorny and difficult to, um, especially when, when you're that young um you go much more for sort of mm. oh it's this oh it's that yeah um, i mean i it's a, it's a tricky one for us because I, I mean there's 101 scenarios about that but uh, Ali, Ali and I are sort of very much pro-lifers so we're kind of um, it's a tricky one for us but I mean going, going back to physics um, the, my other memory of physics is I think it was during one of the physics classes Basili in one of his more passionate um, moments in, in, in terms of teaching and uh, it was a sort of uncharacteristically charismatic moment he wrote very la- on large letters on the board no suction ever and he underlined it <laughs> and um, he was saying that there was actually no such thing as suction but it was all pressure mm. um, which just another word for suction really but mm. I, I just remember that sort of memory leaps out at me um, I, think, I think physics was probably my middle favourite science yeah. biology was my least favourite and I managed to avoid anything I don't know how I managed to avoid having to cut anything up uh, yes, those uh, were those were in the days, uh, listeners, when um, uh, it was commonplace to um, for um, to do dissection uh, and a, a dead animal to be dissected in class. I, I imagine it was similar in the states because I'm sure I've seen TV programs where they. Mm. So, but I, man, I somehow managed to avoid that. 
I I actually did sit on one. Uh, there was a few where there was a few that sort of reveled in it, and a few not not the ones you'd expect either. Some of the more hard nuts would actually uh, not find it. You know, would almost puke. Mm. Um, I, I didn't. I didn't find it very pleasant, but I I I, I, I stuck with it. But um, no, I, I, physics. I I wouldn't have minded biology. I, I certainly, I think, in theory, I don't think probably cutting things up would have been very nice. But um, if I'd had a better teacher, I think um, I think chemistry was my th- was the one I liked best because I liked sort of when you had to make crystals out mm. of things or. Uh, or you know, you, you you mix this thing yeah. with that thing, and it made this thing. Or yeah. there was some smoke. Or I think also, this. I think chemistry, I think was my least favourite because um, the, of the class I was with. They were it was by that, and it was the third year. They were getting very larky and sarky and messy, and 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 uh, with with the chemicals, you you never quite know what mm-hmm. if you got it wrong. You know, it might go in your mm-hmm. face. And uh, again, the, teacher, the science department was a little, a little wanting in decent teachers. Mm. Um, but um, no, I, I, I've, it was interesting. Look, it's only I, I've not thought about it much actually. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 and these days, if I was still at school now with with the brain I've got now, I'd not, I'd be quite horrified to find myself in school, of course, but. Huh. Um, and if I knew I was going to do something with it, I, I would have actually um, probably done. I had a dream the other night, which had nothing to do with what we're talking about. Um, I think it was you and I, mm. and um, Eric Morecambe and Ernie Wise were somehow impressed by something we'd written. Um, oh. And they, they, I was working in some military, more like a museum than yeah. a library. And I think Ernie had popped in because he was quite interested, probably having been in the war. Mm. Um, um, he was he was interested. I didn't. So I don't think until he told me that I'd seen when he'd come in. Uh, but I remember the entrance hall to this museum. It was all quite sort of sort of I had to squeeze your way through some yeah. some turn. It, and, I, and, I, and, I, and we were, I knew we were supposed to be meeting the, them, and I didn't know if they'd already come in. And, and, and they were coming out as I was. And and and, and, you, and it, it was definitely you and I. But I, I said to my mum the next day, uh, it. it it would, I, it would be rather strange that I would be working in a museum and that we'd have done writing when um, Eric, Eric Morecambe died in 1984. <laughs> so I was still at school when, yeah. when, when he died. And, oh. um, uh, so was I. Even uh, I was at, uh, still uh, at school and, when he died. And uh, Ernie Wise died in the late 90s. Well, he, he was more likely to have read something. We, well, not that he would have done. It wasn't more likely at all. But it, there was more chance physically that we were. There were things going around by that. What point. a lovely dream! <laughs> I, I, I've, I, I'm, I'm always, always pleased when I turn up in people's dreams. But all, I'm also a little bit worried about my behaviour in them. <laughs> I'm always afraid of. Be, I'm always worried about you know, behaving no. and. Although, in actual fact, if I heard I've misbehaved, I'd, they seem really. They seem really nice as well, which was nice. Yeah. Sort of oh, well, I'm, I'm, <laughs> nice to be nice to be nice to impress them um i i had a dream the other day that um this is going off the subject a bit but um gary downey who was the pa and, and partner to john nathan turner who was producer of doctor who in the 80s um he turned up after my mum died he ter- he turned up and went through our videos to see if there was any um potential doctor who material that they could put in the dvds 
He's very, I, cl- very I, clever, considering that he was he, dead before your yeah, mum was dead. <laughs> considerably. I mean, there's um, going down, he went 14 years before, before my mum. But um, I just love... Uh, the one thing I adore about dreams is it total disregard for chronology and, <laughs> yeah. and, and the fact that people have... Uh, you know, be, people long since dead just turn up and they feel like it. And I, I just, I, I love that. I love all that thing about dreams. I really <laughs> could go really badly wrong but I noticed that when I was setting this up because I'm picking the random words off from my phone and uh, there this is there is a not only is there random words there I'm scared about this I don't know if this is going to work at all there's for some reason random li- well I just don't know if this is going to work at all it allows us a bit of cr- creativity um, the, there's an option for fake words words that don't exist at all um, actually, I might generate more than one, and then we can pick one of them. Oh, I right. think so is this slightly different? We're actually this is just a break in the random words. Yeah. This, this I'm going to generate five make-believe words, mm. and um, pick pick one and tell me what you think what you have decided it means. Um, as I say, could go badly wrong, but I'm going to generate five words and see if it inspires us to creatively invent a new word. Shakespeare was doing it all the time. There's no reason why you and I shouldn't invent a word. Oh, my goodness. I don't know if I can pronounce this. Oh, for goodness. No, I can't do these. I can't do this. Well, I'll try, but it's very difficult to pronounce this one. One of the words is mode carlia ling. One is globsamil. One is carina. One is... Ushensons, and one is in kinder. Uh, Richard Todd was in kinder. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, God, I haven't heard any of those. Well, they don't exist. What, what, what are we supposed to be doing? We're supposed, we're supposed to be coming up with a definition for one of those words, which is po- po- perfectly fine. It, it, the words don't exist. We, you are like getting to christen that word. Uh-huh. Um, oh right. Um, what, what were they again? Mode Carlierling, Globsamil, Curina, uh, Ushensons, and Inkinder. I've come up with one last one when I've been talking, so do you want me to do mine first? I, well, I would say Globsamil sounds like some fluid created by the body, internal organs. Um, Globsamil. So oh, well, I, I, yeah. Subject, sub, substance created in, in the stomach or something. Um, I was. I guess this is a bit like the opposite. Of, this is a bit like when I do call my bluff, um, where you, you make up a false. Well, in this case, it doesn't matter because the word doesn't exist. But, yeah, I, I was thinking that globsamil might be. I was thinking of liquids, but I was thinking from a in a beehive. Oh, right, a particular yeah. a particular type of bee that, uh, aside from the worker bees, aside from the queen bee, there's a particular other type of bee that produces the only one to produce globsamil, which is a very intrinsic part of of the uh, 
Is that what it's saying now? Well, it, 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 no, no, because it doesn't. There is no, there is no. That these words don't exist. So there is. We are christening them. No, but I, I when I saw Globster Meal, that's what I, that, that's that's what came to me in the same way as, um, you, 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 um, you were thinking something uh, with bodily fluids. Um, we'll try one more towards the end of the show. It's it, it maybe as a maybe as a um, extra material at the Actually, end of the show. Karina. Um, that's quite a pretty name, yeah, obviously because it's a woman's name, but um, maybe a, a sort of a, a, a section of a garden, mm. a landscape garden, real ornate almost, or, you know, not oriental, but, you mm. know, kind of a, a sealed-off part of a garden that uh, is uh, yeah. uh, for, for quiet time. The park I used to go to that was opposite my work, where you had to have a key, there was a garden within a garden, maybe the Curina was that inner garden that, that within the garden. garden yeah. the centre, yes. um, a sort of quiet place for thinking, for thoughtful... A secret garden, yeah, yeah. an actual name for a secret yeah. garden. So. I think we could get into this. It's just getting used to oh, yeah. training your mind to... The fact to, that it's 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 four or so words and you're kind of trying to get your head, head round just one. So. Yeah, well, I mean, we could just do one, but I thought we, if we get a rubbish, really rubbish one, then... Well, we'll, um, we'll, we'll, you know, we're both creative writers. We, yeah. we, we can make something of it. It didn't, doesn't, didn't help that first go that we got i got a word that was like i think four is way too much i, I think yeah uh, i was just trying to provide yeah. options but i think yeah we'll we'll try again later in the episode uh and, and do it that's again nice that's 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 a really nice little yeah and and as you say it's a nice creative uh, well let's try what let's try what because that was like a run-up let's yeah. try what three 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 option an option of three choices like we have been doing with the random words, so... Oh, I'm not doing that. One of them's too short. Oh, for goodness sake. I have to pronounce these things. Um, I'm keeping going until I can pronounce... Oh, I quite like that one. Mm-hmm. Well, three, I've cheated listeners and I've skipped through a few that I just... I don't even know where to start, but these these, these ones... Well, what, the first one I'm not, I'm not sure about. The first fake word is XU... Um, X-U, just the, the letters X-U. X-U. I mean, that probably in some countries that probably is a word. Um, the, the, the the other word is avention, and the third option is Hubblepup. Exu, avention, or Hubblepup. Um, Xu, X-U. X-U or X-U. X-U. Well, Xu. However you want to pronounce it, really, it's your word. I, th- I, I think Xu sounds a little bit like a buzzword of the time um, for. Um, self-improvement um, like sort of if you're if you're kind of if you've kind of tried to lose weight or or you've got drug addiction or something um, it's um, uh, it's it's like what you would describe you know a kind of well I'm so X you you know kind of you know that that's that's over and done with now I'm a, a new I'm a new person um, so it, almost in a slang rather than an official word um you know, sort of maybe American, maybe from America. Um, yeah, X U. You've got to get X U. Maybe, a, maybe even a help group. X X U makes you improving, become a better person. I I think um, Hubblepup comes from um, it, it was it was the nickname, but it became a name in its own right, yeah. a word in its own right. It was an, a name for particularly with cats, if there was a litter of cats yeah. or cats that were brought up in a family 
or on a farm where there were dogs as well, mm-hmm. and they showed um, sort of doggy traits. Yeah. So, so they, they were known as Hubble pups. Um, I mean, Dealey has certain traits that uh, he, he often goes to the front door when the postman comes, and um, not something you. I mean, he doesn't bring the letters back like a dog would, <laughs> perhaps. But uh, he does have some doggy traits, although Dealey's never met a dog in his life. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Hubble Pup w- was a sort of uh, the, the word of, of the, that was used by farmers for animals who kind of ex- it showed, as I say, particularly with cats. But, you know... Um, or maybe um, in reference to the Hubble telescope um, in space, those in space working the Hubble telescope who were novice ones, they, 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 they've only started out in the, in the, in the space business. And, uh, you know, you gain a certain degree, then you go up in space and you're a Hubble pup. <laughs> you know, you've, you've, you've only, you're, only, you're starting out. And then, yeah. um, and then you could become a Hubble hound or something. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's go back to random words. We'll we'll try we'll try another fake word at the end. Yeah, they're, um, they're, they're more fun than I was expecting, actually. I must admit. Yeah. Okay, we've got three random words. We've got stimulation. Ooh. Careful, down boy. Um, deviation or pride. Oh. Um. I, the first one I'll discount because I, I can go into very dangerous territory. <laughs> um, very dangerous and very personal territory. You want, so you want to deviate stimulation? So I, I, I deviate. From... Yeah, I de- sorry, st- stimulation. Yes, you really um, want to yeah, deviate. So, uh, yeah, I can. That's probably best left to when this report is <laughs> off. Um, deviation, I think. You know, it doesn't need to be moral deviation. Although I've known a bit of that in my time, but um, deviation from the point. I mean, I've, I've, I'm always doing that. I've, I've always done that. Um, you know, if I go into a, a subject, I'll, I'll switch subjects in midstream because I'll, I'm always afraid that I'm going to. Oh, that's good. I'll, I'll forget about that if I don't. Um, if I don't actually grab it now, um, and that, of course, formed the the inspiration for Professor. Maxwell Cunningham in the um, Andy's film Child of Anubis where he, he based the professor character on, on me and it was re- really weird because I had to play a sort of almost like a cartoon version of myself which is incredibly more difficult than you can imagine um, but you know because he changed the subject and flitted around and everything and uh, just like I do but uh, yes I've, I have always deviated from the subject um, I've, I, always, I've always endeavoured to come back to it. I always find um, I've learned probably more, even even more so since I've been doing the podcast. My mouth is sometimes a little bit behind my brain. Oh, I, and, I, and I can vouch for that. I've always I've always found that. Um, and, and, and like, so when I've been podcasting, my, my sentences trail off because I feel like I've already finished that sentence. Yeah, but I haven't actually fi- finished that sentence. Not yeah. not. As far as podcasting would be, yes. you know. I'm I've, I've long maintained that your your brain works faster than your mouth. You know, you've, <laughs> you've sometimes um, you, you you've kind of on some park, particularly, and you know, and, and if you're presenting, sometimes you know you always start with a bit of a babble because the the brain is kind of like, yeah, get back, come on, quickly now, you know, you kind of want to get there, you know, and um, and also I have I've noticed I have. 
a nervous habit of starting a, a pointless end sentence, uh, a pointless beginning sentence, which just repeats the previous one and, and sort of leaving it in the air. Mm. Um, I mean, or sort of, you know, there's things to that, of that ilk. Um, I mean, the good thing about doing editing is that I think um, I have improved... Oh, listeners, you'll be thinking, you've improved some of these conversations? <laughs> but believe me, some of the things where we've re- either stuttered or re- not just me, all of us, um, I, I've, if I can, I, I try and improve. I try and make it sound better than we've, we've said <laughs> when we recorded. So, yeah... Uh, it's quite nice sometimes when it w- when it really works. I kind of think, wow, that actually sounds like you know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, and if you consider that somewhere in the middle of that was a load of ums and uhs and, uh, and correcting ourselves and saying the wrong yeah. thing, and, and and actually now it just sounds like we got it right first time. <laughs> so the wonders of editing. Uh, I um, when I when I did the Magnet Memories book and I interviewed Joe, um, I actually when I edited those conversations. I edited myself out because I'm I'm not actually saying any, unless there's something relevant to the the flow of the conversation. I edited all the bits and um, it out that that were mine. And um, it's it's the editing. I, there was a, just a few bits where it just overlapped, and I was just there's a one or two bits where I'm actually a little bit not quick off the mark, quick enough off the mark. And it looks like there's a 10-minute conversation where I'm desperately trying to get a word in edgeways <laughs> and Joe's just going blah, 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 blah. Because um, he, yeah, there's a sort of a, quick, a draw of a breath somewhere mm. or a, a, the, the end of a conversation. It just looks like I'm desperately trying to get a word in edgeways. Um, so that, that's, that, was, that was quite funny. It's quite funny what you can do with editing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about pride and specifically the various different gay prides that I've been um, which when I used to go were rarer than they are today most towns seem to have a, a pride celebration um, but I, I, f- I first went probably in the very late 90s or early noughties and it was um, the London pri- London prides were the ones that people talked about maybe Brighton pride which I've never ever been to I've seen it Yeah, we, we, we were in Brighton once yeah, one year and I think we were we were there for just a break, overnight break, and mm. we, we were in the streets, and, and there was Pride. I, I don't know why I never got to a Brighton Pride. I've been to Manchester Pride, I think. Um, but the London Pride was the one I went to the most often, and each year they seem to have got a different walk, or maybe from Hyde Park to... It used to peter out around Victoria when I used to do it, uh, quite near a pizza hut. Yeah. So Harry, it was usually Harry and I that would go... And we we rush into Pizza Hut afterwards, but over the years they kind of made it more and more corporate. And um, it, it used to be you could just whoever you were, wherever you were on the LGBT scale, if you were an ally, anyone, you could just join the march, join the parade, celebrate, blow a whistle. Usually, blow a whistle when you got outside number ten. No matter who is in power, they're never doing as much as they should be. Some some do more, some do less. But you know, um, it it it. Uh, what for gay rights or? Yeah, yeah. And, and for and and for you know, right, rights in general. But um, because of course, you know, it includes 
Um, I've always women's been, rights because you've got gay women. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, um, but what what I've never quite got is you know I I I think there's a certain misconception as to um, who Pride is for. I mean, I, a straight person can go on Pride, can they? Yeah, um, but. It's come a lot more about watching. I wasn't really that interested in in watching, mm. that interested in standing in the same place for hours watching lots of floats mm. go by. Yeah. I want, which would have been interesting because you would have seen a lot of... But just standing, it's a bit too passive for me. Mm. I, I'm much more of a take-a-parter than taking taking part, taking part. Th- than, than, a, than a, an observer. Mm. I... I uh, I, I don't want to watch a TV programme. Well, I do. But I, I, I want to go out there and make a TV programme. Or I don't want to listen to a podcast. I do want to listen to a podcast. But I also want to, want to go and make my own. Um, there's, there's so much a balance between being an observer and being a participator. Yeah. Um, and, and too long being one or two... Well, too long being an observer then I, and I get itchy feet and want to go and do it myself. Mm. I feel um, that about... Um, one of the reasons I don't go and see my friends in in um, studio theatre very much when they're on shows is um, I'll go and see the show and instantly wish I'd gone up for it and I was working with those people I get I, I, I would get terribly envious and wist, wistful about um, the not being part of it but it used to be fun like Harry and I or maybe one or two other friends um, joining the march and sometimes you'd overtake some of the floats sometimes you'd um, it was great being on the actual street. Also, walking on the streets of London, yeah. where no, usually you wouldn't, there'd be cars or buses. Yeah. Or it was quite a, a blast that the whole road would be turned over, and you you had the freedom of the of the city to mm-hmm. a certain extent. And, and it was really good not having to have a reason or a particular cause within a cause yeah. to be. The more the more time went on, they really wanted to be marching with I don't know um, Pimlico yeah. over thirty two. The outgoing mayor of Salisbury, Caroline Corbyn, was a great advocate for um, pride and and, and gay rights because she is, um, although she's straight herself, um, she was um, one. She she did get pride up and running. Um, was it twenty? I it was either two thousand and I think it was about twenty sixteen. Mm. Salisbury had its own Pride March, mm. and that was right right through into them, um, through the maltings and everything. Mm. I, Ali went; I wasn't able to make it, but um, yeah. So I, I really like taking part when when they they didn't sort of say, "Oh, you you have to be civil 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 service gay society," or you did, or, or you, <laughs> because because or you know you had to you had to be marching for gay accountants, or you had to be you know. Yeah, it, Harry Harry and I wanted to march together. We didn't want. To be split apart in different orders. Yeah, I mean, if, you know, if anything, that's really self-defeating because the whole point of pride is knocking down barriers. Um, and if you're going to put up barriers that say, "Oh, you know, you can have only have gay accountants." The, the days when we were going, it was probably, it probably it had probably been going since the seventies, but it got increasingly um, corporate and increasingly. You know, I remember they used to have a festival or bands. Sometimes it would be somewhere very central. And then, one year we went somewhere near Stratford, and you got to Stratford. It must have been about an hour's walk from Stratford, out to some field in the middle of nowhere. And uh, it was, you know, on a hot summer's yeah. day. It was like on the map from Stratford. They make it look like it was just around the corner, but it was uh, around the corner over a, over a motorway bridge. Around a, it was it was a long, long old trek. Um, 
Uh, but I mean, I got to see Human League, um, but after that, I didn't always go to those because it was it it was a bit much and a bit in the middle of nowhere. And then the, then you're sort of also tied to paying expensive prices for drink or having to yeah. queue for ages. Or I think I probably petered out somewhere in the noughties mm. going. Um, maybe I remember, I remember there was one Pride we went to. Um, in London, and yeah. Harry, I don't think we went on the march, but Harry and somebody else, and you and I, had a picnic. Mm. In in um, I remember on a very very hot day in the middle of London, and yeah. uh, I remember going nipping over to the shop. I don't, I, I can't remember where Ali was or whether she was with us, but I remember nipping over to the shop to get something. Mm. Um, uh, certainly got to say, I, I perhaps because I was dating people and we weren't necessarily around, or we were. When I, when I was with Neff, we used to, for most of our weekends, going off for European jaunts for long weekends. And and uh, I don't think that when I went out with Kirk that he was necessarily that um, bothered about going to Pride because it was very busy and crowded and expensive. And well, that said, the last time I went on, on a Pride march was, I think I found the photo recently, around 2014, I think. And I and I went with Kirk, mm. but that was by that point, you had you really had to kind of be marching with a. I think I think maybe he had followed. I he was with Kirk, and I was no longer dating, but we were friends. And I think maybe he'd be helping on some sort of local gay helpline mm. in near the area he lived. So we were we were parading under a banner for that helpline, but I don't think I would have been allowed to have gone just as a. Um, unless you manage to jump over a fence when nobody's yeah. watching. Um, so that, that was the last time I did it, I, 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 and as, as a, under a particular banner. Um, but uh, it was quite different from how it had been, say, 14 years earlier, where you could just join the crowd. And you could either watch or you could take part. And, yeah. have to say goodbye to the listeners properly and then we'll do a couple more fake words at the end um okay um we've got ghost writer hi and beneficiary obviously i'm a writer who's written about a lot hi is that sort of high high as in could be or or high could be it's well it's h-i-g-h or high um well i'll probably go for high actually because um i've always been afraid of heights (laughs) Um, jumping out of an aeroplane was probably my idea of a vision of hell um, and although I've there are things I've you know I've, I've no I've no objections to going up quite high as long as it's stable and of course you as you know I've been I, um, an aeroplane but um, I think things like um, the walk of faith which was the um, the Blackpool Tower. We, we went on Blackpool Tower, and there's a a, a a very solid glass plate where you can mm. actually step on it, and um, as hundreds of feet below is. Uh, but yeah, so um, I, I think um, 
it's quite, that's quite good uh, you know in, in <laughs> and also uh, most notably my my such is my fear of heights um if if it's done well in a certain angle um even watching height heights on telly I'll, I'll, my palms will sweat um there's particular particularly in um, there's a scene in the alvida's Al pet this series that um they did in the 80s revived in the noughties and there's a scene in the 2002 one set in arizona they go well they go to vegas and uh, one of the boys, I think Jimmy Nail, goes up and, and they're in the lift. And um, one of the characters is, can't even look, you know, because we know how high up Vegas is. And um, they're trying to persuade one of the Native American workers to come and work with them um, on, a, on the, a bridge project. And this guy is working miles in the air. Um, on one of the very high Vegas points and he's he's on this metal bar which is part of the structure he's working on and he's having his sandwiches on the edge now it makes my palms sweat <coughs> talking about it mm. um, and even though it was all blue screen and and you know it wasn't they weren't really in danger it was such a frightening sequence <laughs> kind of a, and a, a, to, to prove himself um, one of the Jimmy Nail's character actually in, goes onto the, the inches his way towards this guy to persuade him mm. and wins his respect by doing this. I wouldn't win his respect myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I'd do. I wouldn't do bungee jumping. I certainly wouldn't jump out of an airplane. I've been up. I've been up near the top of Salisbury Cathedral, but even then, I don't think. Certainly not to the point I where you were climbing that. outside. I, I wouldn't rule it out, but um, I think there'll be a, a certain point where I, I, I don't go beyond. I think a lot of these things, especially when you're younger, because I think my, my dad, probably being a chartered surveyor and an estate agent, taking people around houses, I'm, I'm sure he, he has been up tallish buildings oh. at different times, but I think he's probably got more of a fear of heights than he had when he was working. Um, I, um, I remember... Um, when I was a security guard I was working at the Salisbury College and uh, the old part of the building and I had at one point I, I have no idea why I've long since forgotten why um, I had to go up on the roof and um, I think it was a flat roof there was no problem with the roof but actually getting up to the roof there was a, a totally vertical ladder um, which had seen better days and a hatch with a, a very heavy lip around it mm-hmm. and um I did have a problem with that, I must admit. I've, I've had enormous trouble getting up. I think I even radioed in saying, I, 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 can't, I can't get down, you know, the lip's too big. I can't actually safely get down. And um, I think they must have talked me down at some point, but um, I've, I've, it really was a, a compromised position. I, I've, I, was, I wasn't happy doing it. I'm going, to approach, I'm going to approach this word from a different way. I'm going to do high, but... Um... I'm going to answer the question, has Shayeti ever been high? As in, high. Um, the answer is yes, but um, I'm probably one of the most prudish people about <laughs> drugs, um, uh, not for other people to do, but I just didn't hang out, and Nick is, is here with me, he can vouch for me. Oh, yeah. We weren't, we, we like, we like uh, alcohol, but we weren't a druggy group. Yeah. Um, and um, so I didn't have people saying go on do it try it whatever 
even though I had older friends. Um, so I got all the way through my 20s, pretty much. I think that would be fair. Um, I was offered I was offered a cigarette at um, when I graduated in 95. I didn't have my graduation until 96, um, by which time, uh, and also Kerry from my course, who was my only real friend on the course by the end, um, he wasn't going to his graduation. Um, I, I, I was actually back in Birmingham working a job after university, mm. and I made friends with somebody who lived in the same house as me, and it happened to be his, his housewarming party mm. the same weekend as my graduation. So although there was no graduation parties going on that I was aware of, mm. or nobody had told me, I was going to a housewarming party. So that was nice. That was couldn't have been better timing. I got to have a party, so my parents came up, went to graduation, and then they left, and they went over to the party. Um, at that party, later at some point in the evening, somebody started handing around a cigarette. Mm. And, of course, I'm the first person who gets handed it. Mm. And, and I thought, well, the thing is, I don't even know how to smoke a cigarette, no, I let, al- let alone a spliff. Mm. I'm going to look stupid. Mm. Is it better to take it and, and look stupid mm. or just say no thanks and pass it on? Mm-hmm. So I, I took it and said no thanks and passed it on. And the next person did the same thing. And the next person did the same thing. And I I, I was really shocked because I thought I'd be the square one who hadn't <laughs> taken the, the, sp- the spliff. Yeah. And in fact, I think everybody else probably was a little bit mm. nervous because... Um, uh, it was quite, it was quite eye-opening, quite surprising. I don't know if they just did it. I don't know why they didn't take it. Or, but anyway, um, and then the next notable time, it, it, it's it's something that only ever really crosses my path very occasionally these days. But my friend from university, um, we fell out a bit, and then five years later we got back in touch, and he he quit drinking. But he smoked occasionally, and as a, it was a bit of a bonding thing, it was kind of like, well, as it's him, sure, uh, if he if he wants me to do it, then I'll do it. So that's the first time I definitely smoked a spliff in the very early noughties. Um and it was a bit of a, a very occasional thing. Um, and then in the mid noughties when my my partner at the time he liked going to Amsterdam. I would go with him and then you know, he, he'd buy something and I'd take the odd puff. But then in Amsterdam it's allowed anyway, so there's no big it's no big deal. Um the the funny the funniest time was though, um as I say, I was never really into it. It's never something I've se- I've s- sought out mm. um independently. It's always quite interesting. I was I was talking to a friend recently, like I I'm not saying I'm I want to fi- I want to know this because I want to go and do it, but I'm just intrigued. What do you do? Do you stand on a, a street corner? Do you do you have you know somebody who knows yeah. somebody? And I think in this case, yeah. he, his friend knew somebody, yeah. and, and they would call this person. They'd go and meet, and and it was it was all very as you'd expect, kind of. Um, but but um, there was this time in Amsterdam where I was I was with Neff, and as I say, we be, we went to went to a bar, and. He 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 he'd be smoking. He could smoke. I mean, even the occasional times I have had a spliff, I don't know that I'm smoking properly. I'm probably getting something, 
I'm probably inhaling something, probably getting sun. I think I probably definitely when I used to, to, to go with my university friend, I definitely felt I don't because we weren't drinking, mm. so I knew, knew that the uh, to me I felt almost the same as I had would do after say three or four pints. Mm-hmm. So I knew that it wasn't alcohol. There was nothing else I'd had other than that. So mm-hmm. I knew I must have been doing something right. Yeah. But I'm not a confident smoker or convinced that I'm doing it properly. Yeah. Um, I, the thing is, I mean, I, I'm. I'm known as a <coughs> pro-smoking non-smoker. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, I've, 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 I champion people that still smoke. I mean, I, there is, there seems to be this popular myth in within the the, the, the people that make the rules that um, smoke is on the way out. It's not. I, I've, I've, half my half my colleagues smoke, and I, and I don't like the idea that this life choice that is still very much. Um, you know, is is they're being marginalised simply because the moral high high ground, you know, kind of say, yeah, I mean, you should you should contain it, you know, you should keep your own kids or whatever. But um, the thing is, I I've I've not actually. It's going back to what you said about you know, am I doing this right? I've I've never got it right, and the few mm. times I haven't done it many times, but the few times I have done it, I've got it wrong. But I've smoked on stage, mm. um, and. My my friend from work, Maria, who understands my psychic very well, and I like going out with smokers. I like because it, it gets away from the pub, you know, a bit of fresh air, <laughs> uh, in inverted commas. And um, you've got this, you've got this thing where um, you're actually able to away from the hubbub, you're actually able to talk to people a bit closer, and it brings them together. I miss the smell. I you know I, I'm rather sorry it's banned from pubs because um, that was the smell of pubs when I was you know when I was going out for, uh, socially when I was younger. I think I quite like the um, when I when I've smoked um, a naughty trademark um, cigarette. Uh-huh. Um, it's the kind of camaraderie of who you're doing it with Absolutely. or sharing a cigarette mm. rather than having one to yourself, yeah. and, and it, it sort of makes you brings you. In my, mm. my very limited experience from when I have done it, it's been a very bonding mm. sort of friendship thing. Um, and uh, the, um, this, the listeners are horrified by my, my um, stories. I'm, oh, sure, I'm, sure, they're, I'm <laughs> sure they're, they're mature and fine. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, um, well, I, I've been offered drugs, recreational drugs, twice uh, in my life, um, which, considering I'm nearly 54, is actually quite amazing. Um, once was in 1992 by my girlfriend's friend um, uh, but I mean it was quite easy to say no to him because he was a heroin addict and mm. um, I mean he was only offering me, offering me something soft but he was a heroin addict and um, he was off his face most of the time you know on, on something or other and uh, there was only one way out one way, way ahead for that boy and I understand he's no longer with us um, and although I did have a life-changing experience there, but it had nothing to do with drugs. It was the other thing that's uh, in between that and rock and roll <laughs> that, um, that, uh, that, yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, I said no, and my girlfriend at the time was very angry with him for offering me. Uh, the other one was by a closer, a closer friend. Um, I won't say who, but. Um, and she and her friend were were were, were having were merry on a substance, and offered me one, 
and I, I, I'm not anti these things but they look so bloody ridiculous when they were smoking them but I thought I don't need to get high to look bloody ridiculous <laughs> um, so I, I said no um, and I'm always interested to hear from people that actually did you know have dabbled the, the, um, the time um, the only time I've probably smoked a whole cigarette on my own was was in, in Amsterdam when I was sharing it with with uh, Dr Neff at the time hmm. Charlie Gurr's friend I don't think Charlie Gurr smokes um, but um, he, he spoils his taste buds when it comes to yeah. pies but um, but we, we were, so we were in a bar and I, I, I would be getting it handed and take a puff and pass it back but for some reason, there was somebody else in the bar that Neff wanted to speak. You know, was some like a, either a tourist or a local who was quite an interesting conversationalist, or maybe he was a doctor, so they had something in common. Uh, because I didn't don't feel like I was in the conversation, whatever they were talking about, or it could have been because Neff loved Pink Floyd. It could be they were talking about Pink Floyd or about heavy metal, so I wasn't really included. So I got to the point where he wasn't reaching back for the cigarette, so I, I took another puff. And he still didn't want it, so I took another puff. And and by the time he did reach for it, there was nothing left. I smoked the whole thing, and didn't really, I didn't really know. I mean, when we say drugs, I mean in most, you know, in most cases we are talking about hash, um, marijuana. Well, marijuana it, and cash might be the same thing. It, yeah, I mean, uh, we know so little about. I mean, um, well, this is the thing, and also other things I've learned is that, as I say, I was, I was pretty like coming to alcohol in a way not until I went to university not until I was about nearly 19 so I mean I was past the age where I could have started earlier and I was like late 20s before I ever had uh, a spliff or a bit of a spliff and um, I never, I've never had I've never had any other drug I've never had ecstasy I've never had anything anything literally nothing all the things that you heard of your peers were taking back in the 90s or in the noughties well the ease i mean you know yeah. these are good and everything i mean that um the the way it was pre- presented or the, you know the way it was in um it it really did seem to be like a potential death sentence but i went to i, I kind I, of uh, you know i, I thought no, you know and, and I, I the other thing with drugs is uh, they either come in injection form or pill form now both those things i would try and avoid if at all possible cause, i think yeah. i think if i'd have I, I a I didn't know I went I went clubbing with Callum for goodness sake we were as we were as conservative with the small C as possible as, as each other um, and me it, yeah, yeah, I, you went, you went clubbing. chances are if anyone had offered me a stranger had offered me I would have said no it, it took it took it to be either my partner or a very very close friend for a bonding thing mm. um, for me to ever have done it and I recently spoke to my friend who I know does smoke and I said. To, I kind of thought he's, he's younger than me, and I thought he probably, maybe had taken other drug, drugs at mm. university, because I got the feeling that his crowd at university was a little bit more edgy than mine had been, and uh, he claimed to me, no, smoking was the only drug that he'd ever mm. done. He hadn't tried all these other all these other things, and, uh, and 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 so you do begin to wonder if there are more of us who haven't tried drugs than there are people than, than, than there are people than who generally considered yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I've, I've um, as I say Maria uh, was you know she she's bought me when we go to the pub together she's bought me 
to fake fags. Mm-hmm. I've worked with fake fags before on stage, so in actual fact, I, much to the amusement of some of the people in the pub, I will go out with this fake fag and, and I'll stand there and pretend to be smoking. I, I, because I, there is a frustrated smoker in me, you know, I, it's the I, sort of the theatrical in me. I've got out into the garden with a friend who smokes and just mime smoking. That's right, just, me too. Yeah, if, so, I forget the, if I forget the fag, I'll just stand there uh, with, just, with my two fingers. So it makes them, makes them laugh and, and then you just get on chatting. Sort of thing. And sometimes, you know, if I'm, if I'm organising my thoughts in the in the in the um during the the morning if i'm when i'm walking to work i will i won't just think i'll have an avatar of something in my head something i've seen that's something i'll replay like a gif uh that's amused me or stimulated me and sometimes i'll imagine i'm i'm driving in a car and sometimes i'll imagine i'm kind of talking that what what i'm what i'm saying to myself i'm relaying while smoking (laughs) it was something like that i've always liked stylistically i've always liked smoking i think we're just a little bit too prudish now about i mean just talking about smoking smoking we never had well with some exceptions certainly not in our sci-fi friends none of us smoked none of us smoked cigarettes no i mean so um so it's, it's weird so, for, that so many people came together and none of us... No, we... None of us smoked. I mean, I, uh, the other thing was when we worked on Run Fast in the World and there's a bit behind the scenes where Renata McKinnell, who was playing the lead, is is stunned that we none of us drove either, you know. I, I, mm. I think um, she was just amazed nobody, nobody in our, our, our team actually driven. I went out with a smoker mm. and that was a real eye-opener. Yeah. Uh, for the point of view of uh, let's go and get the train. Oh, oh, no, you need to stop for a cigarette first. Yeah. I had to re, I had to recalibrate, yeah. like almost say, train's coming in ten minutes. Do you want yeah. to join a fag now? Uh, you know, you had to kind of. I had to program my brain in a different way because I, I'd never done. I'd never been with somebody oh, where was, you had to stop yeah. to, to, to something that there was some a barrier to achieving something. I've, like you couldn't yes. just walk into the cinema. You'd have to stop and have a fag before you went. To the I, I, I've been out with two smokers. And um, as long as they didn't kiss you immediately after they've they've smoked, I don't. I didn't mind it. It didn't bother me. Um, Ali was. I mean, I, I don't. You know, she's been around smokers, but she doesn't. She's not, She hasn't smoked herself, and she's sort of perhaps a bit more anti than I am. But she she too believes that people should have the choice. And also this stupid thing with the dirty lungs on the. You know, they don't mm. give them brand names anymore. I mean. Who are they? I think that's a complete and utter waste of time, an insult to the intelligence of the British public. You know, just bring the brands back. Don't advertise if you don't want to, but just bring the brands back, and they will buy it anyway. So why not let them enjoy the the covers that they've had? You know, it's it's it's. I always say it's it's the equivalent of putting the Archbishop of Canterbury on a porn mag. Um, you know, sort of who is this impressing? Um, and I, I, just, I think there's a false economy <coughs> to go back to. I, I, they probably won't because they'll feel it's it's a sort of um, doubling back on themselves. But uh, I do like the smell of smoke. I like being around those smokers. The nearest, the very brief period, I probably when I say brief period, I probably bought one packet before yeah. I stopped. Um, I around ninety nine or I think it was around ninety nine. I. I went on a week management training yeah. course with work, and it was down in. It was early in the year. I think it was early '99. Yeah, I went, and it was down in Bournemouth. And it was one of the best weeks of my professional life because yeah, I got three meals a day, uh-huh. lo- lovely food. I got on quite well with the with people on the course. I 
gone on quite this that was the time where we had to do a few few improvisational like interview things oh yeah and i got told off for being too good an actor uh, which sounds very but it comes to the point where we had to take turns acting being the boss or being the so i i just started to to cry or to pretend i was going to cry during the conversation and the person couldn't cope with it (laughs) but and i got told off that i was too convincing or I'd free. Well, yeah, but, you, but in I, real life, you might encounter exactly. somebody who would. I mean, you know. I mean, I, I was only. I always sutton, think it's absurd when you get told off. Being it was only good. Sutton Park. It was only Sutton Park good acting. I'm not um, Helen Mirren for goodness' sake. <laughs> um, but yeah, I got a couple of times. Oh, you, you know, rather than rather than say to the person, yeah, I know, I know, it sort of shocked you a bit or surprised you a bit, but this could happen to you. This yeah. is this could be. Uh, rather than say, you know, you should be, you shouldn't, they should have been, you should have been put to the person that, well, you could encounter that. It's not, it wasn't like I stripped off naked and ran around the room. Um, anyway. Also, I think one, one last thing on that. Um, I always, it always amuses me that, um, um, the, the, you know, quite grown up people, um, keep the, keep their smoking secret from the family. Um, even when you know, I, I went to, to Austria with a friend of mine. And we, I think he was he was a, he was twenty or I was twenty one, and um, he, you know, I, I I knew he smoked, and we were going with his mum, mm. and um, and she, you know, I, I, when we were at the reset, we were at um, check in, and he he said, you know, smoking or non smoking, and. Um, and and he said non-smoking, and I turned to him and said, "But I thought you." And he went, "Shh." And um, they're, even within my family, there are people that smoke and don't tell their well, children, or don't tell their. You know, there are people I know who are in their late forties. And, and Cause you, I remember you saying your mum had used to smoke. My dad used right. to smoke in the sixties or before the sixties. It was it was the accepted norm. I mean, I I remember. I probably said this before, but I remember preschool um my mum my mum picking up from place playgroup and in the afternoon she'd put her feet up with a and have a cigarette and a cup of coffee and listen to woman's hour or something and what or read woman's weekly you know all, all very um quaint now but um you know and she would have fag and she would she would also she would smoke she, i don't she would only have one a day or so if she was at home but she would smoke even in the eighties, she would smoke socially. She was out, um, especially work-wise, um, with people that smoked. She would she would always have fag. I actually have one photograph of her because my my sister's in-laws smoked, and they they came round last came round uh, in nineteen eighty-one, and I've got a picture of her lit up then. But um, I she gave up without any. We've still got some of her ashtrays, actually. She, but she, she, it was no. She could pick it up and put it down. She, she wasn't, uh, she wasn't all that but uh, go, bad for it. But going back to my management course because I hadn't got to the smoking bit. But um, so the people on the course that I was getting on to uh, each night, we got more. We got sort of wilder and wilder. As far as half a dozen sort of servants in a hotel in Bournemouth in February can get. Like the first night we went to the cinema, maybe. Next night there was a pub quiz, yeah. and probably when we came back for the pub, we drunk in the bar at the hotel, and, and we were staying up in. And, and perhaps the group was getting smaller and smaller. 
um, and and, um, I, I, and then staying up quite late considering we had to get up relatively early the next day. So a big breakfast to be had. I remember people being open, opening up about their sexuality and people being quite, and people being quite sort of, I remember somebody saying to me, it's been really interesting hearing you speak about this because I think there were two of two gay guys in their 20s me and one other guy um, on the course and and there was somebody who probably 10 years before would have been a, a card carrying homophobe yeah. and he sort of said it's been really interesting hearing you talk because I've got now I've got a, fa- a face and I kind of see yeah. all the things I all the misconceptions I had absolutely yeah. so, so it was a really kind of you know the actual after the course stuff was <laughs> equally as important as the core stuff probably more in a way um because it you know i i've perhaps opened up i've opened up to these total people who've been total strangers some somebody on the course smoked these like cafe creme cigarellos oh yes i used to sell those and i quite like those um because you weren't really supposed to be smoking like a normal cigarette you were more um and they had a quite nice aftertaste and and when i and i and i i had a few for this person and then I bought my own packet when I left and I think only a week or so after um, this training course I was mm-hmm. due to go to the Lake District uh, with um, my parents and my brother and it's actually a holiday that appears on later Southern Park episodes mm-hmm. um, when I'm up in Keswick and we're doing plot lines involving inflatable tulip which links into uh, something else but we can't go there today it's too much but anyway um and that's actually the holiday where i've came out to my brother so you know, that that was quite a big time but anyway i was I, I had a packet of these cigarettes or cigarellos with me um and my mum must have found them because one day i went back to my bedroom and and they were gone and i thought rather than say i mean i don't know if my brother was smoking at that point she had they had enough problems with my brother smoking just um Perhaps she was like, "Oh, we're not getting. He's not going to start as well." Oh, you, um, were, you were well into your twenties by then. I mean, it was a bit. Yeah, but in a, in a way, a bit like it reminds me of when I started buying Spider-Man comics from the comic book shop in Salisbury, and one day a man, the man said to me, "Ha ha, we've got you now. You're really hooked. Um, you'll be spent. You know, inferring you'll be spending lots of money with us." And I thought, well. He's got me wrong there because I'm not hooked yet. Mm. I just bought quite a lot, mm. and I haven't started reading them. I haven't got hooked yet, but I could see that how you could get hooked. And after that, I never went back to that. No, shop. I, he, he probably shot himself in the foot there. And then I think in the same way, I thought, well, I was quite enjoying those cigarettes, but my mum's my probably right. It's the start of a slippery slope. I bet I she ought had not no to. right to take them away though. I mean. I know, I know, but it probably was for the best. Uh, it saved me, probably saved me a lot of money. But the thing is, going back to what you were saying about our, our lot not smoking, um, if, when, if we're talking purely um, the sci-fi, thing, um, Joe Bunsell smoked hmm. um, cigars for some time. I don't know if he still does. I think he he's more fitness orientated now, but uh, he did smoke for cigars for a while. Look, my friend Milo, he... Um I didn't know he smoked because I'd only ever seen him until the last few years. I'd only ever seen him for a quick drink or a coffee, or and he doesn't smoke. 
when when he does smoke after he's had say five pints, yeah, uh, and I'd never been that far into an evening with him. Um, Shit. So he he and I saw recently that he put down that he was a smoker, and, and he, I guess he is a smoker, but he's not a smoker in that he smokes in a break at work. He he has to be kind of in a social situation, having had quite a few drinks. I'm not starting my career. Um selling cigarettes I mean I've, people used to come in for their, their things and uh, like roll ups you know with Rizzlers um, I didn't know anything about those and um, in those days you had cigarettes that were a long since forgotten now like London and Kim hmm. and they, all these exotic names I mean I, I, you know maybe they're afraid that people will be lured into people, people, people will smoke whether you like it or not I mean you, you can't if you push them further back they'll only yeah, they're they're a, they're a bullies minority, and I I, I think yeah, I, I think people ought to just I, I, I very much sort of, of I don't think a tip, I don't think a typical peer group thing would have worked for me because I never hung out with the sort of peer group that would be saying here have a fag. Yeah. Um, I the, wanted the, to be accepted, yeah. but there were things I don't think I think when I was a kid I was too a little bit too uptight to to do those yeah, things because I, of my upbringing. My more conservative upbringing, I, I wouldn't have. Yeah, the same in the same here, and the, and I, I the, dress sense was absolutely diabolical. The, the um, time times when I've I've gone against that have been because it was very special people who I trusted, and I thought, yeah, this this will add to our friendship. Yeah, um, but I don't, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, I've um, it's like clubbing. I, I've I, I it was I think it would just I didn't even consider clubs until 1988 when. We had a works due to to Concords, which was my main club when I was in, during my main big clubbing years in the late eighties, early nineties, and um, I really enjoyed the evening. You know, I mean, I saw some people I knew. I, it was just lovely, and and I, I I went back there independently several times um, over the and um, still remember it fondly. Anyway, I think it's probably time. Just say goodbye to the listeners. We've still got a couple of fake words to do. We got so. high on high, didn't we? Yes, <laughs> we did, yes. Well, that was. We, we, we've had a few revelations this episode. Yes. So, but it just it just shows that. Uh, you know, um, how much you can get out of. Uh, yeah, uh, and also how it's okay to say no, but then sometimes it's okay to it's say okay yes. To say yes. <laughs> but um, it, in moderation. It's just based, you know, or, or, you know, with the right I support. Think the I time. think a lot of these things are support networks, all yeah. the, the people who are around you. Are, are, yes, I mean, I, I've, with, with, um, there was the, I mean, it's, you know, I, I've, I was sort of, not anti-smoking, but I, I, I did slightly disapproved of my um, schoolmate smoking because we were, you know, my, 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 the, a couple of the people I was, knocking around with were smoking at 12 mm. and that for me was was wrong mm. um, however you know I, it was a bit double standards really because in the smite party days I used to supply underage people you know I, or no I supply as it, personally but I used to bring booze and I, booze I knew that, that some of the underage people would like and um, didn't you know they would liberally smoke in in my house you know in, in, uh, which was considering my mum was a sort of by that time pretty redundant smoke and my dad certainly wouldn't have considered it um, wasn't really very fair on me but uh, fair on them but I want I so wanted to be there was a part of me that w- wanted to be accepted by the 
um, my peer group or the, or the, that particular gang, and I just couldn't, you know, I, 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 I never quite made that breakthrough or didn't have that kind of personality to do that to to follow it through. Mm. I became re- a reliable source for parties, but mm. not actually a person you want to hang around with, um, which is what I wanted to be, and I frankly what I still want to be you know I still look for acceptance within some of my friends and um, well yeah. um, every time I think that perhaps we've every time I think we've probably done enough random word episodes a little break and you come back to it and yeah. and, and it brings something it brings new. something so useful it's quite yeah. good yeah. to do two or three times a year perhaps rather yeah. than uh, you know every, every they're, they're my, one of my favourite type of episodes I must admit yeah. okay well we'll say goodbye for now but we're going to try a couple of fake words before we say a final goodbye. So we've, 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 we've done higher, but now we're faking it. Yes. <laughs> Okie dokie, we'll be back again soon. <laughs> bye bye for now. ourselves in the first of the possible i've got three fake words one of them is handus nervishm or just say hand handus nervish uh rental booting or lustran handus nervish it all sounds like they all sound german don't they <laughs> handus lutich Han, handus nervish, rental booting, or loose drown. I think rental booting is something like a bit. Uh, some reason I got in my head something a bit like um, what, what do they call it? Where you, where you go with those machines and you try and to get bits of metal, uh, what they, metal like a metal detector. Um, like I so I'm going out rental booting today. I'm not sure what rental booting involves. Yeah. Some reason I'm wondering if it's like um, going out, picking um, I don't know, going to the countryside and picking all of the things like oh blackberries, yeah. um, uh, the generic stuff that the food. stuff that and maybe stuff like mushrooms, but knowing, knowing you know, just going out there picking fruit, picking vegetables, things that roots and things that yeah. you know, but but you're expert enough to know. Oh yeah, you can have that mushroom. You can't have that one. Yeah. Um, but the whole term for going out and just <laughs> stripping the, f- the 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 fields of of, of natural crops is, is rental booting. Uh, Hans and Nervish, I think um, it would be again going back to Germany. I think it would be a a, a very type of German whimsicality mm. in um, particularly in filmmaking, early filmmaking. Mm. Um, I, I, Hans on Earth sounds like some kind of German director, and <laughs> maybe in the sort of going back to the twenties, you know, the tyrannical um, Germanic um, directors of the nineteen twenties. Uh, this one was kind of um, had a sort of maybe silent even whimsicality or surrealism that uh, 
is is kind of gone. And the sort of anything that emulates that or yeah. comes near to it would be Hansel Dervish. It's been good, but yeah, definitely time to come home now. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Yes, again, goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Wow, really? No kidding. This show is part of the Pride 48 Network. Find more shows over at pride48.com. Oh, dear. <laughs> What's going on now? Oh, it's the Shy Life Podcast. Let's go. I have a voice. I have a voice. You have a voice. You have a voice. We have a voice. We have a voice. Unique voices in podcasting. Univospods.net. Okay, we've got uh, we've got three more. Uh, we've got Motho Mothod Cront. Um, we've got Hoserated, or we've got Pesty, Pen, like well P E S D E. I don't know how you pronounce Pet Pezd. Um, Hoserated. Um, the first thing that comes to my mind is medieval times when you have the hose. Mm. Um, and I suppose if hydrated, you know, if you, it would be if it was ill-fitting or you know it, it was rubbing you up mm. the wrong way, <laughs> and uh, you know if it, it would need to go back to the hose maker for um, for, for for refitting because it was rubbing or it was um, it was the wrong size or which could be quite embarrassing. I, I, I've got. I'm, I'm sort of thinking hydrated is. A style maybe in ceramics, yeah. where there's like um, like a jug, yeah. a, a jug with a very fluted nose, yeah. or a very, sorry, a very fluted um, funnel. Funnel um, might be said to be hoserated, um, a particular style of hoserated teapots or yeah. or, or um, a particular uh, yeah. trend, in a trend, a particular. Um, style that was very popular, and particularly where, where it was very fashionable to to sort of uh, to have to have a um, a, hose, a hoserated uh, pint jug or something, um, or wine flask with a hoserated um, lid or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't really think of anything for those other two words there. Some of these words just are like load, a load of a load of scrabble. Someone's just giving you a load of scrabble, scrabble letters. Yeah. Like, yeah, I do. Yeah, no, that's not good. Um, yes, I think Hoserated is the winner in that one from both of us. Okie dokie. But sometimes the show is really weird. Oh yeah, that's perfectly normal. I'm a satellite podcast. Perfectly normal.
Episodes a month.